Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I made my money at a fast pace. All right, welcome to Say Hello to the Bad Guy. I'm your host, Locke, and this is the podcast where we drink, smoke, and bullshit about the life of a historic criminal. Now we're talking outlaws and gangsters. We're not going to cover too many serial killers. That's just a little bit dark for me, and this ain't no true crime podcast. Honestly, you can't call this a history podcast because I'm no historian. I'm just a history fan that does some research and bullshits about it with his friends. So, speaking of my friends, let me introduce you to my co host. So, first with us today, we got Lorraine McLean. Hello. And then also with us today, we got the Duke, Dan the Man. Hello. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Since I've seen your face. Is that not the word? No. It's the words now. <laughs> okay. Anyway. It's the, the bad guy version. That's how long it's been. We're, it we're coming back with song. Be prepared for many one lines from numerous songs, but just one line. <laughs> so welcome back. I know we've been slowly working on getting in the uh, swing of things. Uh, we had an episode out recently with Zach Tobacco in DC, and then uh, we re- released an older episode. So we haven't been recording much. So it's both yours first time on the podcast in quite a while. So hell yeah. yeah. Brought back the 18. <laughs> Winners. <laughs> Duke in the rain in the shit. Whoop, whoop. You want to kick us off, Dan? What do you got to drink today? Well, as I said, it's been a while, and I won't sing it again, because like I said, one line from numerous (laughs) songs. That one's been done. (laughs) But I figured I'd take it back to the old school, because I'm old fool, and I drink larceny, because it's so cool. (laughs) So I figured it was fitting for our glorious return to Triumph that I kicked back with some larceny, which was introduced to me on this show. And to make it a little more special, we're going to drink it out of a Viking horn because Vikings were the original bad guys. (laughs) With no shirt. So cool. (laughs) Hell yeah. Larceny is my favorite smoky whiskey. I don't know what other smoky whiskeys I drink, but that's for sure my favorite. Well, I got other accoutrements to make it smoky. (laughs) <laughs> so it will be okie dokie artichokey i think it's too smoky no so, uh, lorraine smoke on the water deep One purples <laughs> that's it i'm just it's just gonna be music trivia throughout i'm so, drinking cherry wheat by this guy named samuel adams ooh. wait and i also have this peppermint mocha liqueur by jackson morgan oh, Look at you've been digging on the jackson morgan lately huh well they have so many flavors and the, the banana cream pies what's up but this peppermint mocha i think it might be my new favorite i don't know i haven't tried it yet should i go now yeah do it i want to see it live on air Are we live? we're the only ones that can see it on video oh my gosh it is my new favorite it tastes like christmas I wish this did go out on video so people could see that face you made. <laughs> Maybe it can be premium content. But uh, no, give me the lowdown on this, Jackson Morgan. Or what's the deal mm. with these drinks? Because it, it looks uh, like it comes in a little syrup bottle. And that's cool. Yeah, and the, the bigger ones are shaped just the same. They're all creamy. All right. Whatever, they're, they're all flavorful and so good. This is so delicious. 
it's like a Bailey style liqueur, like a cream liqueur. But it's just a fancier way of saying what you just said. It's creamy. <laughs> exactly. He just right. gets more. He just throws in a liqueur to sound more fancy. I'm saying, if you put this in hot chocolate or coffee right now, oh my god! Christmas well, I mean, morning. Like I said, it's in a little syrup bottle, so it should be a little sweet treat. <laughs> Do you like sugar? Is there <laughs> sugar in syrup? <laughs> but uh, name drop. You said a banana. What name drop? Just like top three flavors. Go, Jackson but- Morgan. Banana cream pie. Bam. Uh, peppermint mocha. Ooh, that made the and list a, off of a, like just that sip. Yeah, it's it's probably my favorite now. And then oh. orange creamsicle. That's probably the one I'll I'll get down on. Mm-hmm. I don't get down with the peppermint, so I don't think the mocha peppermint one will get me. I've only tried the banana cream pie and then the salted caramel. And they're both pretty good. It's not, you know, my go-to drink of choice, but they're good. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Some Jackson Morgan in your face. Well, I got a classic, Shorts Brewing, Locals Light. It's uh, it's good, and, and I really like that nowadays there's a lot of solid craft options if you're not looking to drink a heavy, super heavy beer. It's been so long, I, I'm trying to remember what I was supposed to do next. Uh, I forget how this goes. So we do the drinks, all right? I think you tell so, us about a guy. Well, right, well, no. We got to take the time to thank Six Fo Sueno for letting us use his music in the intro. Yeah, Lorraine Cheese. <laughs> you ever listen to the show or not? It's been I mean, so long. We have to thank Cancer for letting us use his music in the mid-roll. Hey. Yeah, Lorraine, you know this. Cancer <laughs> with an E or a three for the E. Backwards. And no. now, instead of reading off all the different stuff, I'm just going to say you can go to links.badguy.com oh. and then... There you can find the TikTok, the Instagram, whatever way. Yeah, the Instagram and TikTok, Lorraine. Jeez. You come don't on. even know what Instagram is. Oh, come on now. I'm on all the Insta snaps. And I do want to say, we'll get into a little bit of it later, but since we started re-releasing episodes, we still have been inconsistent, but since we went back at it, Everybody, we really appreciate your support. As soon as we started dropping new episodes, we were getting head up on all the social media formats. The OG listeners all shouted us out right away. And then even like uh, David Breakspear, he's never... My boy! Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Back when there were seven listeners, he was one of them. All the way from England (laughs) found us. That's how fucking into gangster content he's looking. From across the pond, as they say. (laughs) Well, from bad guy to you guys, thank you for being a friend. One line. One line. See, I'm just trying to fucking soft toss (laughs) these one-liners up there, too, one at a time. All right, we'll go ahead and get started. And the bad guy that we're going to be covering today is Catherine Ann Power. This ain't negotiation time. This is Scarface, final scene, fucking bazookas under each arm. Say hello to my little friend. Girl? Oh, Kate Powers? I call her Cat. Ooh, all right. We'll find out if she likes that. You might wound up getting stabbed talking shit like that. Oh, shit. Catherine Ann Power was born January 25th, 1949 in Denver, Colorado. Oh, pretty recent. Not that far away. She was the third of seven children to an upper middle class Irish Catholic household. She was a really, really good kid. Well behaved. She was a Girl Scout. As a kid, she won a scholarship to an expensive prep school, Mary Crest Girls School, which was a high-end Catholic school in Colorado. So she was an overachiever her whole life. Kind of like know. me. 
Typical <laughs> bad guy shit. Christian, Irish, getting scholarships to school. I mean, is this the Lorraine McLean story? <laughs> For um, those of you that don't know, no, it's not. Oh, boo. Could be. You don't know until it's over. So while in high school, she won a Betty Crocker cooking award. Oh, and uh, uh, she wrote a regular column for the Denver Post and she ended up graduating high school as a valedictorian. Damn. So she did all that in school, but she still had to be good in the kitchen. (laughs) That's the 50s for you. I was was just going to say (laughs) in the 50s, you better do it all. And by do it all, we mean also shut up. Whoa. I don't care if she's got degrees, Valley Victorian or whatever. If that bitch can't make a casserole, get the fuck out. <laughs> so she receives a full academic scholarship to uh, Brandeis University, a liberal arts school in Waltham, Massachusetts, which is like a storied university in the Massachusetts area. And while she was at Brandeis, she was an excellent student and was on the dean's list every year of college while she was there nice. is, that, is it still a college now uh yeah i believe so never heard of it well then smart. it must not be good Lorraine's never smart heard of it. School. Next. listen <laughs> that was a cover it was me and i was there they don't have a football team <laughs> oh that's why i've never heard of it <laughs> that's cool she made it from uh colorado all the way to old massachusetts she started from the bottom. Now she's there. Uh, one line. <laughs> <laughs> but you put up two fingers. I don't know. Oh, one it looks line. like your pinkers. Eh? Oh. It's just a little stuck. She's like sunny. Hey. She's just fancy. So over her time in college, she went to college in 1967. So this is at the height of the Vietnam War, the Civil Rights Movement. And she goes hard into the you know, war we know she went over there she fought for the country this is a real forrest gump story <laughs> no she becomes like a, a super hippie she's smart and she's an overachiever and she decides you know she's in on the civil right movement and the anti-war front she those becomes, goddamn liberal colleges <laughs> brainwashing them right she was a perfectly well-behaved casserole making proper lady She's a good old Catholic girl from the heart of Colorado, from a good old Irish family. I'm the, man, old Seamus is probably pissed. pissed. What did that East Coast liberal city do to my daughter? <laughs> well, she starts She starts going around campus, brawless and barefoot. Um, oh, yeah, this was the height of the uh, burn the bra movement, huh? Yeah. There was the thing? Yeah. Yeah. See, oh. the, everything goes around now, like... Women are starting that up again, trying to get rid of the bra. It's like, you guys have been trying since the 60s. Why men are on your side? How is it still around? They're they're very well needed. Well, there you go. Straight out the mouth of the female perspective. Mm-hmm. You tell Catherine Power that. Maybe she didn't have big boobies. <laughs> Wet-chested hippies! <laughs> She's also known for... Uh... Being in attendance at uh, Students for Democratic Society's protests, she'd go to all the rallies. Anything that was anti the man, she was in. She probably started smoking weed or something. You think? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They say it's a gateway into other drugs. No, it's a gateway to protest and mm-hmm. going to lectures. 
flopping titties. Yeah. <laughs> it starts with just, oh, I'll try a hit. Next thing you know, nipples are flapping and you're holding signs. I've seen it a thousand times. <laughs> a thousand times. <laughs> One of her best friends was her roommate slash maybe part-time side piece, uh, Susan Sachs. Ooh, scissor friend. And uh, <laughs> so there was a lot of talk about, oh yeah, they were lesbian lovers and that, but some stories like, yeah, in college and their roommates. And then some of it is like, oh, later on, blah, blah. And it's like, so it's not even, so everybody's got a different story. I really think it's like, oh, come on. It's a couple girls in the 60s with no bras. They got to be gay, right? <laughs> Les <laughs> friends. Well, also, I mean, it is the free love thing. Chicks are right. Like in college, like, yeah, we don't do, we're not getting, we just make out every now and then at parties and stuff. It's actually pretty, so far the story is actually pretty cliche. Like a Midwest yeah. Catholic girl goes out West and just, she's in the books, but then all of a sudden it just flip flops. She goes Wait liberal. She stops shaving her armpits. It's happened again. I've seen it a thousand times. Massachusetts, not Midwest. No, she came from the Midwest, Colorado to the East Coast. Is Colorado Midwest? I mean, it's West, but it's more West, but it's the heartland. Yeah. You know, heart of America. I'm just saying the caricature of like just the Catholic girl from the small town, Midwest values, and then she okay. comes East. Let's put it this way. Put Pauly Shore. Ooh, ooh, I like put this Pauly Shore into it. We've seen that, right? Oh. <laughs> I mean, Susan that's like the... is squeezing the jets. It's the exact <laughs> fucking plot for uh, just a couple decades off of son in law. Oh. oh man, hell yeah! She was daddy's <laughs> girl till she went out there and met the wizard. <laughs> but no, it can't be Polly Shore because Polly Shore's West Coast all day, dude. Yeah, <laughs> so it have to be fucking uh, Will Hunting. <laughs> yeah, uh, she's liking those apples. <laughs> so her and Susan Axe, they work together. Organize. They start organizing the student prote protests. And they become part of a committee known as the National Student Strike Force, which was like these big war room looking things where they would they would organize protests cross country. It was a long time ago, so you didn't just have like the internet to shoot emails and group texts and stuff. So they right. would. I, I just want to say in that one sentence, you completely flipped everything because in that moment, I realized Susan's last name is Axe. So now you have Axe and Powers creating a war room <laughs> getting militant with protests like now i'm seeing is are they going to start wearing berets and marching around with sickles is this mm -hmm. where we're going because that <laughs> just like now we got axe and powers in the war room shit is happening i've seen it a thousand <laughs> times a thousand times so all of my theater experience are telling me to yes and that but it's actually sax Oh, oh boo. Yeah. So they're just getting jazzy. That's yeah. all. <laughs> that well, went then. from badass to bad brass real quick. <laughs> Maybe you could have uh, got a lot more social media attention by people correcting you if you would have just said, yeah, axe. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, this is a good premise. We're rocking we're rocking it. Powers and axe. <laughs> Powers and axe coming this fall to TNT. And then the people say, You sit on a throne of lies. You sit on the eyes. Get down from your ivory tower, phonies. <laughs> so uh the two of them, 
become uh, acquainted with a fellow organizer named Stanley Ray Bond. Uh, Catherine Powers and Stanley definitely hook up. He was an ex-convict and soldier that was attending classes at the university on a special program for the recently paroled. Oh, they just let him into the mix. So now shit's getting real. Just get out there with the good girls, buddy. It'll be okay. I don't see any way this could go wrong. You're this worldly man that's been to war and prison and we're paroling you. Yeah, let's feed you to some young college girls. I think this seems good. Let's get them in the war room. That's a setup. And he was real into the movement, but I heard him described as a lot of people seem like more, he was kind of just a criminal and a thug. But he liked to catch on with the whole civil rights movement because it gave his stupid shit more of a Robin Hood feel as opposed to just being some asshole that liked to cause trouble. I think he just liked Kate's movement. (laughs) No, I mean, that makes sense. It just helps him justify his bullshit. If you act like it's for a cause, then you feel a little more self-righteous about your shit. Because hippies are all about the cause. Well, yeah, what else are they for? They ain't got no jobs. <laughs> I don't know why I keep on slipping into Nick Nolte. Oh, <laughs> God damn it all this. <laughs> Just see that. That's a <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick smoke break, refill our drinks, and we'll be back in a minute.
almost time to run, put on your army helmets now. You're running toward the sun with all your guns, defenses down. Flashes everywhere, the lights create an atmosphere. Water in your lungs, you pray for death, but life is here. You're about to die, face it, you're about to die. Zero sand in your glass, fuck it, you can't even cry. Put a dagger to your neck, just to keep yourself in check. Put a dagger to your neck, just to keep yourself in check. Everybody grab a side as you fight to stay alive. Dancing on a hand grenade so you can die and they survive. Silver bullets in the sky, dropping seven second death. Scattering the children, run, rub until there's nothing left. Ashes in the water, sons and daughters hold their flags up high. Wallow in the harbor as the military tanks arrive. Penetrate the border with disorder like an animal. Every war has the honor of turning kings into cannibals. All right, we're back. So on May 4th, 1970, the Kent State shooting happens, which is, it was a major college protest where the National Guard showed up and just started firing into the crowd and four students were killed. Motherfuckers. Thanks, Obama. (laughs) (laughs) So Stanley Ray Bond, Catherine Powers, and Susan Sachs decide... Time to get this fucking revolution legit, man. We ain't taking this shit no more. It's time to saddle up and arm this bitch. And I think we start robbing some fucking banks and doing some crimes to raise <laughs> us some money to arm the Black fucking Panthers. Oh, well, that escalated quickly. They went full Rambo with it. Like They drew first blood. Now shit just got real. Game on, motherfuckers. But that's cool. They didn't just say like, all right, you know what? Let's just align with the Black Panther. They're like, all right, we got to rob some shit, get some shit, and then come to them not empty-handed. I at least respect it. They're like, you know what? We're going to earn our place. I'm not just going to ask. So they're like, all right, we got this game plan. We're going we're gonna to kick this revolution off. We're going to make some money. We're going to supply this thing. We're, we're done taking the shit from the man. The problem is we're too stupid. Two co- I was going to say two stupid college girls, but they're actually two very smart college girls. Yeah, would you just get valedictorian, get a full scholarship instead of stupid women? <laughs> yeah, that's what you guys do. I know, I just did it. Yeah, he's just... Uh, how could you ever figure out how to rob a bank? Duh. <laughs> it turns out they just weren't criminals. Which is funny because I cover very stupid men that always decide to rob banks and i'm always like yeah checks out i see how that could work (laughs) i mean i don't see it being too hard we literally did a story about a blind dude that did it so (laughs) that is true and maybe they were just born at the wrong time i mean nowadays you just rob a bank holding on to a note and they would probably be great at that so stanley bond says well look i know a couple dudes that i'm on parole with That'd be down to rob some banks with us. Of course you do. We could we could get them into the mix. And uh, he calls up two more former convicts, a guy named William Gilday and a guy named Robert Valerie. And together, the group, uh, they plan to rob the State Street Bank and Trust. So this little organization. Hello, State Street. 
called Main Street. One line. Well, I know. I paraphrase from time to time. I can do parodies. Weird Al ain't the only one. Oh, I've seen it a thousand times. I've seen it a thousand times. <laughs> so, as far as bank robberies, this group, I've heard numbers. I've heard a dozen. I've heard five. But for our actual girl, Catherine Power, we're going to come down to three big ones. It's a powerful number. So, September 1st, 1970, they robbed Bell Federal Savings and Loan in Philadelphia. On September 20th, they decided to rob a National Guard armory in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Banks, they just said, fuck banks, we're going big. So they took it straight to Uncle Sam. That's where I led. They're all about the cost. <laughs> From this armory, they stole 400 rounds of ammunition, a whole bunch of weapons, military phone switches, you know, and after they grabbed everything they want, they firebombed the facility. Oh, in total, they did about one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in damage. Which nineteen seventy—that's probably looking at probably about a million dollars worth of damage. Like they did that to get rid of their fingerprints? Uh no. I mean, maybe. I feel uh, like probably. they're probably. No, I was going to ask the question of like, you guys think there was a plan, or if that was kind of a eh, while we're here sort of a situation. Oh no, so the guy tripped on something and he's like, what the fuck? And then somebody's somebody like, put the cigarette out, man. We're trying to do this. He's like, <laughs> all right. And then he threw it to some conveniently placed kerosene cans yeah. and then just, and then they all stopped and looked at him and he goes, wasn't me. <laughs> and then that was the end of the episode. You're too much. Yeah, much too much. <laughs> you're, do you're done. <laughs> so Catherine Power seems to probably have been the worst of the the robbers. Uh I mean, she was in, in a couple of these robberies, oh. so she's obviously down for the cause, but um she usually was either a a lookout or a getaway driver cuz she, she, she's probably making all their meals. <laughs> she's doing all the logistics. She can't Someone's do all the grunt work too. Yeah. Well then if she was doing the well, I guess that was a sip timeout you're about to tell us, but if she was the lookout driver. How was she the uh, the worst one? Well, she ended up in those roles because she would get too nervous. And at one time she was like hiding in a bush and got nervous and threw up on her gun. Oh, you fun? meant the worst. Like she sucked. I thought the yeah. worst. Like she was the meanest, most cruel. Like she was the no. worst lady this side of the Mississippi. Yeah. Like, I didn't think you meant, like, she worse, like, she sucked. That's hilarious. <laughs> no, she's just not very good at crime, it seems like. So she was just always <laughs> real scared and nervous and shit. And yeah, she. So she hid in a bush and puked on her gun. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do this. But now her, her, her roommate, Susan Sachs, she was about that life. So she was like front line. Um, oh. Sachs don't play. <laughs> so Katie's just. Hanging out with the wrong, or wait, her name is Catherine, never mind. It could be Katie, Catherine, Kathy, something. Well, she's just hanging out with the wrong people. Turns out sex got balls. <laughs> so Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> that's what I heard. I've heard it a thousand times. <laughs> a thousand times. <laughs> Three days later, September 3rd, 1970, they, they got their biggest bank to date set up. They rally up the crew and they go in to rob a bank in Brighton, Massachusetts. 
So they go in with uh, shotguns and handguns. Susan Sachs, Stanley Bond, and that Richard Valeria, Valeriel or whatever, they all go in. Stanley Bond goes in and busting his gun. So as soon as he walks in the door, he starts shooting off his gun. And he's no. like, give me all your stuff. And, blah, and everybody's freaking out. And uh, Susan Sachs and the Robert are on crowd control and they're collecting the money. But it's a pretty aggressive robbery. And uh, they get all the money. But in the chaos, because they're busting off guns and shit, someone hits the silent alarm. And a couple Dummy. of police come in route. So outside, William Gilday... So everything I kept hearing was a submachine gun and 45 bullets, 45 caliber bullets. So to me, and I know they robbed the armory. To me, it sounds like a, um the military Thompsons. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's most likely. Like you said, it was the army or the armory for the army and shit. So. And if, if that's what it is, those World War II, the Thompson M1s or whatever, the military ones. Those are really dope compared to the actual gangster ones because yeah. they, they don't have that big heavy front end and stuff like that. But so he was outside with a car and watching out with the machine gun. And then Catherine was in the switch car. So she's actually like down the street. So just to be clear, the the people inside had shotguns and handguns and the dude outside had the, the Thompson or did yeah. they have Thompson's inside too? No, he had a Thompson on the outside. Uh. So the police start showing up, but as soon as uh, they hit the alarm or whatever, I don't know exactly how it worked. So they hit the silent alarm, but for some reason, William Gilday just starts busting his gun off on the outside because as the police showed up, they said, as we pulled up, he was shooting his gun off. And uh, one of the officers, <laughs> Boston police officer, Walter Schroeder, apparently like couldn't figure out where the shooting was coming from. So, cause he basically walked right into it. Oh. And yeah, so it's just to... echoing off of everything and shit. Yeah, and then he realized too late where it was, and then he tried to turn and run away, and uh, William Gilday shot him in the back. Aw. Damn. Uh, he ended up dying the next day. Damn. Yeah. Um, he was a he was a father of nine too. Come on. Yeah. So what yeah. What the hell? So he's some cop and uh. I mean, I know cops, they, they, the blue line or whatever, and they always have each other's back or whatever. But his, his partner was like, he was the best partner ever. I, the first however many years of my career, I never had to worry about anything because I knew I had Walt with me and he took it. He always made sure everything was okay. And then Aww. that day, they just pulled, and they weren't even supposed to be the first cops. They said they were going there to back up. They, they didn't even think it was going to be a real robbery. Damn. So that sucks. they actually said, uh, they originally got the call and they're like, hey, we'll go back up the, the other officer on the call. And he said, when we started to go there, he said, I got a bad feeling about this one. What if this one's the for real? Who said that? Walt? No, his partner. Oh. Walt's Walt's partner. And they roll up yeah. and fucking uh, Walt jumps out the car and they're busting off shots and he gets shot in the back and dies. So it's crazy. Oh, Gilbert just out there. Gilday just out there busting for no reason. He just. That's an idiot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not really sure what happened. You know what I mean? Like, the information is all kind of limited, but there's no reason that he, like, when they say they pulled the alarm, they said it was a silent alarm. Yeah. But but it also says that they came running out of the bank, and as they came running out of the bank, that William Gilday was shooting, and as the police pulled up, he was already shooting. Maybe See, I them. mean, 
you'd think someone would come forward, but it also makes sense. Like somebody walking down the street was acting real suspicious, like noticed it was a robbery, was about to call the cops or something like that. Like he was obviously probably shooting some civilians on the street before the cops got there. Or since he was a criminal that's already been caught before, maybe he's a fucking dummy and he didn't know what he was doing and just got nervous and trigger happy. Well, even if that's true, I assume it'd have to be like he got nervous at someone on the street. Like, he had to have been shooting at something. I mean, that's crazy. But you think, like, somebody would come out like, yeah, he started shooting at me first, and then the cops pulled up, or whatever. I mean, it's all chaos, so who fucking knows? Yeah, like like I said, I legitimately have no idea. Like, everybody that came running out of the bank said, we came out and he was shooting. All the police said, we drove up and he was shooting. No, fuck that. Me and Lorraine are going to get to the bottom of this. We're going to hang on this detail of this story for five hours because we have to know. Follow our new podcast as we we go investigate the shoot, uh, the robbing of this Brighton, Massachusetts bank and figure out what the fuck was William Gilday shooting at. I was about to say justice for Walt, but but like they know who killed Walt. Like that's already been dealt with. So wait, so nobody else died? No, just uh. Boston police officer Walter Schroeder. What if a pigeon flew by, (laughs) shit on him, and he was real pissed? (laughs) And he got mad. (laughs) He started shooting at birds. Or he's just jumping, he went to wipe at it, and you know, they didn't teach trigger trigger discipline back then, so he accidentally busts off a couple shots, and then now he's nervous, and the police pull up, and everything goes to shit. So he didn't live to be interviewed to say, what the fuck are you shooting at? We'll get to that. Okay, well, wait. And there's Ooh, another question. And some of those kids, is nine kids, gotta still be alive. I'm sure. That's some good math, Lorraine. That's some yeah. good mm. math. <laughs> <laughs> this is let's, all checking out. Let's find them. So, uh, yeah, the where group... were they on that day? That's what I want to know. No, I don't want to know that. I want to know if they're... Well, they I mean, they step... weren't there. We know Did that. they get a stepdad? Are they okay? Yeah, how's your college? mom doing? How's your Do mom? you need a stepdad? Hey. <laughs> that so, lady's dead, if not old as shit. So, my bad. So, <laughs> apparently, William Gilday runs off on his own and ends up meeting up with him later somehow. And the rest of them jump in the car. Susan Sachs drives it to the switch car that Catherine's driving. When they pull up... She's puking. Du- <laughs> <laughs> She's just throwing up. Get I think it's, she's so bad. She's not even in the getaway car there. They're like, no, you stay by the car a mile away. We don't even <laughs> want you outside of what's happening. You can't but handle it. The other, other car. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It actually is even more kind of funny. So they pull up, the two dudes jump in the back and cover themselves with a blanket. And then she slides over. And then Susan jumps in and drives that car off. She can't yeah. even drive it. So she she's basically. A wreck. She basically babysat the car until they pulled up and did the rest of the job. That's <laughs> awesome. She's not a bad guy. What are we doing here? See, now I'm getting the whole thing. Now I'm thinking that Susan Sachs is like, is her lesbian lover. It is like <laughs> Move the over dude back. of the relationship <laughs> and is like the badass with the crew. And then she's like the girlfriend side piece that's just in the car. Like, someone said you said you'd be here an hour ago. Where you been? Shut up and get in the car. <laughs> And then they drive off. Move but that's great. That, that dude's just out there shooting at nothing, shoots a cop in the back and goes, eh, and like just runs off while everybody <laughs> else hops in the car. 
Yeah. That's, okay, now I'm with. He's just stupid. He was just out there shooting at nothing. That's just crazy. Why? Well, I'm sure you're going to tell us, but like, why didn't he just hop in the fucking car? He's just, they're like, no, you go till you run out of bullets. You know what you did. <laughs> bad, wanna... bad William. Yeah. Bad William. I want to know what he did to get in prison. Shot a cop in the back? No, before that. Oh, accidentally shot his friend in the back? <laughs> right. So I'm going to show you this crew real quick. Oh, shit. Even Heather? No, mine is Catherine. So here we got Stanley Bond. Who's right. a little boy? This is Susan Sachs. No, right. Uh, this is Robert Valeria. Okay. And this uh creep over here is William Gilday. <laughs> He's yeah. like the oldest. Everyone right. else looks like they're in their early mid twenties. This guy's like forty five. For sure, yeah. He looks like he joined their crew after knocking on their door trying to sell, like, vacuums. So the group escapes with $26,000 in cash. That's like a million dollars today. Well, no, I mean, what is this, 67? Uh, 1970. September September 23rd, 1970. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure it was a lot more money, but, I mean, that's still pretty recently. So 26 does not sound like... As much as it should be for robbing a bank and shooting a cop. Yeah. Well, but they didn't want to shoot the cop. That was dumb, dumb outside. Yeah, but I'm just me, like in general, for all that hassle and for robbing a bank to twenty six thousand. I think they were hoping it would be easier. Like, oh yeah, this is real easy, right? You just run in and you. Well, it could have been someone didn't listen and just came in shooting their gun. Yeah. You know the dude that jumped in shooting his gun. I get that because that's a. You get it. Well, the guy that jumped was in the bank and then shot up was boo, 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 everybody get down. That's like that's a classic. A, like, that's a bad idea. Bank robbing. I mean, back in the day, that was the classic thing. You bust oh, up to scare think, everyone. They all get down and then you're like, give us what's it. I mean, that's like just a the guy thing. outside was like, oh, I want to shoot too. I <laughs> didn't go to college and I know that you don't walk in shooting when you're trying to rob a place. Well, well I, I mean, think now I it's th- different. Now you're just walking with a note. It's a completely different thing now. I think the problem is it, it was more of a thing in like the cowboy days or maybe even prohibition when it was still a little bit more wild west. But by the 1970s, you probably shouldn't have been doing that anymore. But it's like an intimidation move. It's like peacocking or whatever. They were old school. Listen, I'm not saying it's guys the are smartest dumb. move. I'm saying it's a classic move. Like we've heard of that. We've yeah. seen it a thousand, a thousand times. times. <laughs> but like the dude outside, like he was just out there, like, oh, they're shooting too. Like that's just, I don't know what the fuck that guy was saying. I think he was senile. He's like 45 years old. <laughs> yeah. And that's like 85. What the fuck? <laughs> Whoa. Well, we're talking <laughs> 70s back, years. Back yeah. then. 1970s years. I was alive in the 70s. Yeah, but you weren't 45 in the 70s. True that. True that. You were right in the inside. So (laughs) 26,000, I got I got that at uh 205,000 today dollars. Damn. All right. Well, I say I corrected because that is what like an 800 percent fucking increase. Ballers. In like 40. Well, I guess now it's been 50 years. Yeah. Still, that's a huge jump, twenty six thousand to two hundred and five. So that guy could still be alive. 
Well, one thing I will say is senile as fuck. They committed to giving the whole twenty six thousand to the cause, except for five hundred each as a salary. So they each took they took twenty five hundred out of that cash and split it up five hundred apiece for, you know, their hard work out here doing their robberies and whatnot. And the rest went to what Black Panthers. Yeah, I was gonna go to the cause with the guns and the equipment and the other shit and the attention. See, I think if they had Kate Powers on their side, she'd probably math that shit. So they, they on the books, it all went to the cause. But, you know, it went towards pizza. And they need to <laughs> rent movies at the hotel. I mean, that's the cause. They're there. It's during the planning process. They probably charged a bunch of stuff to the cause. The cause needs to do an audit. <laughs> a cause audit. All right. Well, that's going to be the end of part one of the... Catherine Ann Power story. Yeah, say hello to the bad guy. Bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. I let my money at a fast pace. Say hello to the bad guy. To be dad, spend my birthdays in the trap. We had to work with what we had. She been working on a raise while trying to raise me like a man. Plus, my daddy in the box and all my cousins in the cam. And I don't need a hundred friends. I just want a hundred bands, a hundred jokes, a hundred scams. Hey, hey. So, out of money, grabbed a hundred hams. So, out of money, grabbed a bunch of And bands. I ain't wanna fall victim to that system or the business. Fuck a judge with a grudge. I'm blowing crud for my mental life. Ay, and I still keep it on me, run into your big homie, first you meet your dead homie, yeah. Yeah. Say hello to the bad guy, bad guy. The good guy coming last place. Last place, last place. Smell that dope when I pass by. Pass by. Oh. I like my money at a fast pace. Bye.